Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Okay, in the days that we're living in, amen, any days, but you had better be more focused on building up your most holy faith and trusting God and reading the word and knowing who he is and staying in worship. You've got to be strong in this hour, amen, because, because the enemy is attacking. Fear is released everywhere. Lawlessness is released everywhere. The news reports are crazy everywhere, amen. The church loves to just fight each other over anything because she's got to grow up, amen. And, and so there's a lot of tension. Even as I'm talking to people and just people, it's like, it's not okay to be grumpy. Amen? Okay? It's not okay to be grouchy. It's not okay to be mean. It's not okay. It's not okay for believers. Jesus never had a bad day. And if he could handle what he handled, then we should be able to handle anything that comes our way. So I just want to say, I was talking to someone and actually I had two encounters with people who were having grumpy days today and, um, and they were all fine about it, but still, but so let me just tell everybody before we get into the teaching about um, unclean spirits, we're going to get back into that teaching. When you are having a flesh day, does anybody know what a flesh day is? It's a day when you do not yield to Holy Spirit and you kind of don't even want to. Can I get a oh no? No. <laughs> Amen. No, not it's not okay because you're being set up by the enemy to be far away from grace, to be far away from what God wants to do, far away from what he's leading. You don't just have a grumpy day for nothing, amen? The enemy is setting up situations all around you to disappoint you, to make you tired or whatever. But he's never just doing it without a purpose to try to hurt you, amen? So we, we have to die to self. Dead people don't get grumpy. That's true. Have you ever talked to a grumpy dead person? No. Okay. He says, we no longer, okay, let's do it this way. We no longer live, that's the dead person, right? So that person no longer has grump appeal, okay? We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. How many thinks Christ is going to be grumpy inside of you? Amen? So when we're seeing angry, grumpy, mean, whatever, we're, we're totally out of being in the spirit. We're out of being in the kingdom. We're, we're letting our flesh try to take us into a place where the enemy can attack. Amen? Things are set up to make, to open the door for the enemy to attack. You've got to really learn and make yourself choose to not allow your flesh to rise up. I'm just going to really, this is just not today's message, but this is, this is those kind of things some people need to hear. The minute 
And, and let me say, because I know I experience days when I'm just tired or I'm tired of it or I'm tired of the way somebody's saying things or doing things. But you have to stop yourself and you have to decide, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to let the flesh be in charge. So you enter his courts, the Lord's courts with what? Thanksgiving and praise. So connect over into thanksgiving and praise. What, one thing you can look at the small things that come along, it's a very good training ground to be able to handle the big things. If I, if I condition myself to not give into the flesh and to not allow wrong thoughts and bad attitudes and that kind of stuff, be okay? Because I don't, I'm not like, what can it hurt? Well, Satan's setting you up so it could hurt more than you want. But I'm supposed to be glorifying God. Amen? And think of everything as a training. You're, be, you're trained. If you can learn to stop in the little masses and worship and hang out with God and get in the word until you have the perfect peace that passes understanding, then when the enemy tries to hit you with something big, you'll know exactly what to do. And the enemy will not be able to get fear in there that will take you down the wrong path. Amen? So I, God's telling us, it's time to grow up. It's time for everyone to grow up and do what he wants you to do. What does he want me to do? How does he want me to do it? And you can tell by the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, if you're having the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then all the other uh, flesh things, and then you can get from flesh to demonic, Amen. Those are things you recognize that's not where I want to be. Amen. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So we've been talking a whole lot about getting free from a strong man. I'm going to get back. We're going to do it again tonight a little bit. We're going to see if anybody wants. It's funny, the people I tell them, I am going to help you get free tonight. They don't show up. So I'm okay. It could be real reasons. Or it could be, don't ever. Personally, I would never take lightly. I mean, there could be real reasons of not getting free. Amen? Well, it's embarrassing. It's, why is it embarrassing to get free? It's not, it's not you. It's the enemy getting kicked out of you as you agree with God and enter into what he has for you. And, if you. and plus, we don't even put you on camera. We used to put you on camera. We don't even do that anymore, aren't we kind? But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's for freedom that he sets us free. Quit identifying with what the enemy has done to you and what enemy might still live in you. Amen? Okay, good example. If you have a house and you got a rat in your house or, or, a, or some rodent or some snake or something that doesn't belong in that house, do you just like hang out in that house and not let anybody in? Oh, no, you can't come in. Oh, no, no, nothing to see here. Or do you run, and especially if the guy who, or the woman who's, uh, who comes and they, they are known to destroy rodents, and they knock at your door like, hey, let me come in, I'll get that thing out of your house. Would you say, oh, no, it's too embarrassing. I'll just live with this in my house. Take care, goodbye. That's how we treat that's how we treat deliverance. If we would rather keep something in the house, in our temple that belongs to God, than to humble ourselves and get free. Amen?
Now, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's okay. You can sit way behind the camera line. Amen? Where most of you sit anyway. Hello back there. Um, but it's worth getting free. It's for freedom that he sets us free. Amen? And truthfully, we don't let the devil show up or anything. We just want people to hear truth and get free and get healed. All right. So anyway, so tonight, let's get back into this teaching. We're not going to do on the strong man. We're going we're gonna to go after some. If anybody wants, if you don't, I'm fine. We'll do something else. Um, so let's go to, let's go to Mark 1, 23 to 27. Let's see if I had a particular. And it's basically the same as Luke 4. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear. And people want to get set free. Or maybe they don't, but I want to help people get set free who do want to get set free. And I want to be set free. Whatever. Remember when I preached the, one of the first messages on this getting free? And the Lord showed me I never totally got rid of that strong man of the enemy trying to make me think I was mean. Do you know? And I did that in front of everybody. And these videos go to another couple thousand people. And then I've shared it with more people. Amen? I'm not... I'm not humiliated by the enemy. I'm humbled by God. Amen. But the enemy doesn't belong in me. I'm not going to protect him. I'm not, I'm going to get anything that's trying to protect him out of the way. I'm not identifying with him. How can I have shame for something I don't identify with? Amen. I don't identify with what the enemy's done to me, what he's done through me. I don't identify with him. Amen. In other words, I recognize that's not who I am. If I know it's trespassing, I want it out. Amen? Amen? I just want it out. Let's humble yourself. Humble yourself and say, okay, this doesn't belong here. If you still think it belongs there or you think it's your personality or you think somehow you don't want anybody to know it's there, you're still either identifying with it or hiding it instead of getting completely free from it. Amen? It's okay. This doesn't belong there. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. When, when you look at what is your identity that no one can have except a born-again believer, okay, everyone's identity before Christ is whatever they buy the lies that they are. Amen? But the minute we get born again, we really should have a major shift in who we think we are. And the Lord says in his word, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. In other words, everything about me is different now. Amen? And, and if that's not true for you, you're still identifying as an unsaved person in areas of your life. So I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. What's the new creation? I am now flesh. I've always been flesh, right? I was born a human being and still made the image and likeness of God because I have a spirit, soul, and a body. Amen? I made flesh. I'm made to glorify him before the fall. Um, you, my flesh was the, the least of what you saw. You saw the spirit. You saw, um, you saw the person's heart and soul. And then you saw their flesh. And the flesh was all shiny from, from the brightness of the spirit. It took a long time for mankind to die because they were still so strong in these other areas because of how we were creating the image of God. Amen? 
But now that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, get what that is. What is that cute words? I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am a human being who now has God living inside of me by his spirit. That's who I am. I am, I, I am in Christ. Christ is in me. The hope of the glory. The hope to get free. My hope to get free. My hope to help others. My hope to live in victory is that God lives inside of me. Get that. That's your identity. Who, who are you? I am. Sometimes we say child of God. You know, I, I, I would even go more to say I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am now in Christ I am in the kingdom and I am a new creation. There's never been any, the only people, the only creation on all the planet that's, that's a new creation Amen. is human beings who are born again. Amen. We are not the same as a human being who is not born again. Amen. We're not the same. You're not the same. The rest of the world is going to try to identify somewhere. They're going to do this and that and run each way and self-help and everything else. Because that's all they have, people. That's all they have. Amen? But you are new creation in Christ Jesus. It's that God in you, one with you, connected to you, giving you access to the Heavenly Father. Amen? Giving you relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord, giving you uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, living in you, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in every born-again believer. You should identify with that. Amen? You should identify with that. Amen? But if, the, if we can't go in and bind up the strong man, we really aren't identifying with that. We can bounce back and forth. Or that's cute words. Or I get it up here. You got to get it in your heart. You got to be able to kick into and just watch Holy Spirit come up and do what he does. Amen. And enjoy this awesome reality that God lives inside of me. And he's the one who's going to cast out demons. It's going to look like it's me. And it is me because it's a new creation that I am. Do you know you will have Holy Spirit in you forever? So this isn't like an earthly creation. This is the reality of who you are going to be forever. Though your flesh will become a glorified body, just like the Lord's flesh became a glorified body. Amen? Which means we can come on this planet and people can see us, but we can also walk through walls and exist in heaven and go into the throne room of God. Amen? We are the new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? So I want you if, you, if you're doing the notebook thing, which I highly recommend, I think you ought to write a big sheet, my identity. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the word of God there says, your new creation in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. That doesn't mean, in other words, as far as God is concerned, you're free. As far as faith is concerned and God is concerned, you've been translated out of darkness into light, into the kingdom of light of his son. That's what he says, right? As far as God's concerned, when you're begging him to set you free, he's like, I've set you free. Identify with that. Identify with that. All things have passed away. He, where's that scripture? All right, listen to this. Maybe I won't be teaching what I thought. I just want you to really listen to this. And I want you to really start 
getting these revelations in your spirit. Okay? Get this in your, everybody open up your spirit. No, really. Like, okay, Lord, say, Lord, thank you for spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Because I have a born-again spirit. Man, your image and your likeness. I have the mind of Christ. All of that is inside of me. Underneath this flesh. My spirit man is real. I'm a new creation. In Christ Jesus. Because of what he did. His spirit is in my spirit. His spirit lives inside of me. That's who I am. And his spirit has brought life to my spirit and connected me to heaven. I have spiritual eyes. I can see visions. I can have dreams. I can see in the spirit realm. I have spiritual eyes. I have spiritual ears. Jesus said, everyone has eyes, let them see, and ears, let them hear. I have eyes and I have ears in the spirit realm because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I didn't get born again without all the body parts of the spirit. Amen? I have. I'm not asking God for spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. I'm born again. I have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. Amen? I want you to just get the vision that inside of your flesh is the real you. And the real you, the new creation that you are in Christ Jesus, which is you, your spirit alive in Christ, living inside a flesh body. Amen? But you are connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. You are, you have free access to go into the throne room of the Father by the Spirit. Amen? And it goes on for 2 Colossians 5.1. For we know that if the tent, our earthly home, which is our bodies, is torn down, we have a building from God, a home not made with human hands, eternal in the heavens. So we don't have to worry about if anything happens to our earthly homes. Amen? We don't have to worry about if anything happens to our flesh, these tents we're in. Amen? We can know that we know because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are assured that we have a home that human hands have nothing to do with in heaven that's eternal. For in this we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Okay, this is the new creation. The new creation that you are needs to agree with God that to die is gain and to live is for Christ. The minute that this, no matter what happens, no matter what happens with anything, no matter how it happens, whether I miss it, whatever, it doesn't matter. When this body, flesh, is laid down and destroyed, I am instantly in heaven in a glorified body or in a spirit body. My spirit's there and no human being had anything to do with 
where, what I'm going to be dwelling there. I'll be completely in a great place. Amen? And, and we groan wanting to have this heavenly dwelling. You don't see too many people groaning right now wanting the heavenly dwelling. You see everybody doing everything they can to not get their heavenly dwelling. Amen? What's he saying? This is your reality. Don't be afraid to die. But live for Christ. You've, you've just got to really, you are going to live forever. Does anybody think when you die and you're instantly with God, it's going to be worse than being here? I mean, I'm serious. Does anybody think that? What is here that you want to hang on to so bad? All of that's an idol. Amen? This isn't, he wants us to live for his glory. Only. He wants us to live for his glory. He wants us to be healed for his glory. He wants people to look at this new creation in him and think something's really different about them. They're really not afraid of what they walk through. They're really not afraid of, of any of this. They're, they're not living in fear. How many would say that in the last two years, there's been a great attack of fear on the whole planet? Like, like all, heaven let, all, all hell let loose of fear to try to control people, to, to try to manipulate people, to try to even make the church be afraid. So we, we need to realize, I am a new creation. Anything in me that has fear of dying is, is an old, it's an old, it's a, it's a crucified part of me. And, and I'm not going to let my brain think on, well, how if it happens like this? Can I tell you something? Get this. You don't get grace till you need grace. There's no grace for dread. Well, I'm afraid if, if, what I'm afraid if they take all of our money in our houses, I'm afraid. There's no grace for what you're, you, you have, <laughs> you're making up fear that's not even a reality yet. Until it becomes a reality, I pray it doesn't, but if it does, you'll have grace unspeakable and full of glory that will make it no big deal. If you live in this revelation that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, I've walked it, I've lived it, it's real. Amen? But now is the season and the time to agree with God about this stuff and to cast down imaginations. Quit posting anything in fear. I'm just telling you, when you post in fear, you release fear on the people who read it. Amen? If you're not really posting in faith, you're, you see what I'm saying? If you're posting in fear, you're freaking out all the Christians. Listen, people, I don't think there's anybody who is able to put anything in my body that will make me forget that I'm a Christian. Amen. Because I, it's not in my brain that I'm a Christian. Amen. It's in my spirit. Amen. And that the enemy's having so much fun with a lot of strange things that these demonic people like putting out there to freak out Christians is ridiculous that we keep being freaked out by it. Amen? 
These, so what if insane people say insane things? Pray for them. But don't let that insane stuff get in your thinking and think you're going to live a life that glorifies God. I don't, I don't believe for one minute anyone will be able to create something to make you forget you're a Christian and go to hell because of it. I don't believe it for one minute. I don't care what the devil's lying about. I don't care what he's bragging about. It's impossible. It's impossible. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's spiritual. There ain't no drug or anything else they can poke in my body to take away the reality of who I am in Christ. Amen? But we start buying into some of this stuff and posting this stuff and pass. We know that there are crazy people who keep getting away with crazy things. They don't get away with it, okay? How many think that the man who had sex with tons and tons of young girls and started trafficking and got politicians and everybody else in it, how many thinks he's in a good place right now? Amen? We're pretty sure he probably didn't help himself get to hell fast. Somebody helped him out there. But does anybody have any idea what hell's like for these people and they're all going there unless somehow they get saved? They can't take me there. They can't take you there. You're a new creation. Christians. Poison can't harm you. And God will interfere and intervene before they can do anything outside of people's free will. Amen? I'll just be honest. Some of this stuff is, I'm not talking about when you see a doctor who's being called to a case about some things that are medically happening, not to me because I believe no poison shall harm me and I believe it. Amen? Amen? But it's okay to see what's coming down the pike that God wants us to pray for. Amen? But we cannot be carriers of fear. And we have to stay away from stuff that is conspiracy crazy, that makes a lot of Christians crazy, act crazy, live paranoid. Amen? You just don't see any scriptures about being afraid of that stuff. Jesus does not tell us in the last days they are going to take away our salvation by something that they're going to be able to manufacture. It's impossible. Okay? It's impossible. Satan cannot create. Amen? We got to quit giving the devil so much credit and glory with these things that actually have people laughing, to be honest, that we're believing this stuff. And, and true, strong Christians who love God just running around like nuts. Amen? We cannot live in fear. We got to get, get rid of, if you've ever been a follower of conspiracies, amen? If you've ever been someone who believes these things without any validation and any that it could really happen but you had that way before god started opening your eyes for intercession get rid of that spirit amen get rid of that spirit it's an it's a spirit attacking your intellect with fear and unbelief about who god is we kind of quit acting like god some pitiful being in heaven going, oh my gosh, look what Satan's doing. It's not true. Every person in hell is going to choose of their own free will. Nobody's going to be able to take it from them to not want Jesus Christ. We've got 
to stop. And I'm not rebuking anybody. This stuff is being passed everywhere, everywhere, and we need to get this out of our hearts. There's nothing we should ever look at with fear. Amen? Satan's doing a lot of things like he's trying to get people like he's trying to get me to follow that whole thing with that young girl who just died so I'm just praying powers I know I'm not listening to that Lord I'm praying find that person and help them all find God has anybody noticed in any of it nobody's mentioned Jesus the saddest thing is that young girl never heard the name of Jesus That's the, that's the real sad story here. And the hope is that somebody can find that young man who's got another set of demons and he finds Christ before he finds hell. That's the real story. That's the real story. There's more people dying every day going to hell and nobody seems to care. We need to care that all these people are on their way to hell and right now there's an opportunity to present Christ in a real fashion of how big God is. Amen? I can't go anywhere right now that people aren't listening to everything I say and wanting Christ. It's, I, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to me. I mean, God just gives us supernatural love and they just want to hear me speak and they just want answers to questions. I don't find that much hunger in the church. I'm actually where I'm waiting for them to, um, to almost beg me to lead them to the Lord, which is, takes about a week. I'm telling them stories that most of the church would be upset about. Oh, that couldn't be. How could that be? I don't think that could. I'm, I'm going, I can't believe I'm telling you all this. I said, you must be open. I can't believe I'm telling you all this. Because I go in these things. Lord, I'm not going to say things that aren't you wanting me to say it. I'm just not going to do all that. So show me what to do. And the next thing I know, I'm telling them about everything. I mean, story after story after story of healing, raising from the dead, going here, being really, you know, taken out of being by typhoons, all these stories. And these are normal people who aren't saved. I think they're listening to every word. It's supernatural. It's a season we're in. We are in a harvest season and you just can't even understand who you are in Christ yet. Get away from the crazy stuff. It just gives people fear, not hope. People are looking for people with hope. People are amazed. Like, you mean you're not afraid of this? One person who I just read. Let me say, I don't fake this, okay? I'm not trying to find somebody to lead to the Lord. God connects the relationship, and then you like being with that person. And you like hearing it from that person. And you like sharing and they're hungry, and you're like, what is going on? It's like we're best friends and we've known each other, you know, for five hours. That's how fast God's moving these days. I'm telling you the truth. I get people who've helped me with the, the house thing in, in the beach. And, I'll write, and I, I, there was a situation where one of the people working on it did kind of a bad job. And, um, but I, the, 
this was a hurt person and and probably has a lot of sin issues and um and i didn't care about any of that i just kept they were so hungry to hear about god and first it was like a ha ha i know god too i'm like oh good and by the way why we need to talk and then they did this really terrible job and then somebody came and saw the job was terrible fixed it and wrote me an apology said oh they'll never we'll never let them work here again and i wrote no 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 i said first of all they were trying to be helpful and there were reasons they did it that way and they i agreed with them and i, I didn't know it looked that bad i said but they're really open to the gospel i said i want to share jesus with them they wanted me to come back and talk to them please don't hold this against them please don't blackball them from being able to get jobs in the community i said i really think there was something going on that was more important than what kind of job they did please don't hold this against them and i meant it and the person wrote back i just love you i just love you i just and this person hardly knows me i can't wait till you come and we're going to talk you know come and share God is waiting for us to walk into our reality of who we are in him and quit playing these stupid games. I do not care if you get a vaccine. Somebody on Facebook said, get a vaccine. If God tells you to get a vaccine, yet no poison shall harm you. There's nothing you're taking in your medicine cabinet that doesn't have poison in it. Nothing. There's nothing you're eating in your meal that doesn't have some poisons in it. You better believe the word. No poison shall harm me. Amen. Amen. I mean it. Ask Karen. She's got bitten by stuff that made her knees start blinking and eating her flesh inside. And we look at it and we laugh. Amen. But we're not against doctors. She came home. I was still flashing. Looked like a flashlight in the knee. Because there was something in there eating away at her flesh. That's not a good thing to get in another nation. So finally, she's like, okay, God, either you heal this today or I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. She woke up, brand new baby skin on it, brand new, completely healed. <laughs> completely healed, amen? But she was okay. Ooh, get out of this game that if I go to the doctor, I'm not in faith. Well, if you go to the doctor in faith, you're in faith. Amen. <laughs> If you go to the doctor in fear, you're in fear. If you stay home and pretend in faith, it's fear. Amen. If you just decide, well, you're just all that and everything else, so you don't have to go to a doctor, which I did before, and God made my little behind go to a doctor. Had a sciatic nerve thing, whatever. Couldn't stand up, couldn't walk. Really painful. Don't know where it came. Oh, no, I, I, kicked, some, I kicked a trunk with my foot. Don't do that. And then everybody's like, huh? and I'm like, I'm not going to the doctor, Lord. You always heal me. And I'm running around here. I, can, I just sit down to preach. We've gone through such wild fun stuff. And I'm like, okay. So if I'm like, Lord, what are we doing? You know you're the healer. He said, I know I know the healer, but you think you don't have to go to the doctor because you're just so above all those normal Christians. So go to the doctor. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I went to a chiropractor. Yeah, chiropractor, Lord. But then the Lord started, as they give me a little presentation about the body, how it all works, the Holy Spirit showed me all this stuff about the body and how you need all these parts and it all. I'm sitting there watching the video, kind of taking notes and everything. And they're, they're, they're saying things that I'm sure they've seen for people who don't know God. And they're like, well, you know, and I get to go for free because I'm a minister. They'll charge my insurance, but they won't pay, make me pay. So this one about money, they're like, well, here's your schedule for the next rest of your life. I'm like, what? 
They're like, well, you know, this will never go away on its own. You're going to need to come and we're going to crack popple and this and step on your back. I don't know what they do, but I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm thinking, I said, well, no, this is going to be healed. Oh no, this just never goes away like that. I'm like, no, no, this is going to be healed. So I came home. I said, God, they want me to do, go get stepped on and off for the rest of my life. And the Lord's like, um, he said, no, you don't have to go back. I just have to humble you because you think you don't have to go to the doctor. And then, so I didn't go back. But I, but, and I'd preach, I'd, I would preach, and it would go away. Like I could run, then it's soon, I'd be like, yay, the noise had gone, it's back. And I'm like, what is this? And then one day out of nothing, we had some community service workers here, people uh, who did wrong things, and they would come here to help us in the thrift store. And I was over there talking. And the next thing you know, I'm walking around talking and it was gone, just totally gone, completely gone. The whole episode lasted a couple weeks. And it's like, he'll humble you if you get prideful. Isn't he awesome? And when you do go to a doctor, you listen to what they, don't go to, a, go to a doctor God tells you to go to. Don't just go to any nutty doctor, amen? And you got to say what you have to say. I don't receive that. And they think you're a nut, but that's okay. So don't receive it. Because then when they find out you didn't receive it and you don't have it, they don't understand it, then you might be able to share the gospel. Amen? Just don't do it in pride. Because pride goes before destruction. Don't do it feeling superior. Because haughtiness goes before a fall. Those are spiritual laws. Having the Holy Spirit is good at keeping us humble. And part of that humility is, you know what? You're going to the doctor. I'm going to humble you. If you don't think it's humbling to go to a doctor, then you kind of don't have the revelation of who you are in Christ. None of those diseases can get on me. Amen? I just believe, I believe no disease can get on me. Well, what if it does? Then I missed it. And then I'm going to be humbled. And then God's going to show me the way of escape. The devil's not going to kill me with it. Amen. But if he does, oh, will I still go to heaven where I get my new body and my home not built with human hands. I'm not going to play a pride game between me and other Christians. I'm not in a competition. Amen. Amen. And to him is given much is required. So some little baby Christian doesn't know anything might look 10 times more spiritual than a Christian that's really moving in some things of God and all of a sudden they got to be humbled. You might be able to lie. I can't lie. And, and right now I'm just saying, Lord, I break the power of watching this stuff about that young girl who got in a domestic violence situation. So I do ask right now that they find this young man alive, that he gets a fair, a fair trial. And Lord, that he gets deliverance and help and that another entire family's life is not destroyed too. Lord, I pray right now for all those family who are trying their best to get through this and they're trying their best to make something good come of this, that that something good is you. Ho! That something good is you. So Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you send laborers to them that know you and love you and will not tell them what they don't know, which is where their daughter is right now. But will help them know the one who can comfort them. 
the one who can turn all things to good. So Lord, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not watching any more of that. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. The minute I started watching that, because that's something I used to watch, and Lord said, don't watch anything with murder. Well, my brain starts, because how, how many else are being tempted right now with kind of old stuff? Like little foxy kind of things coming in. Like, oh, but you want to pray for the family. Well, I did at first. But it's like, okay, what happened? What happened next? Wait a minute. I don't do soap operas and I don't do murder stuff. I used to do the murder. I used to like true stories and see how they were solved. But I don't want to, how many want to have authority over murder right now? How many like to always have authority over murder? Oh, well, then we can't be entertained by it. Even if it starts out as a real prayer request, a news story, amen, it then becomes, especially this one, it then becomes entertainment, which is very sad. Amen? So I just, if I'll, you know, the headline, then once you start on, if you do, all, if you do stuff on uh, social, if you do stuff on YouTube instead of watching TV, then everything in the world, well, YouTube's really good, actually. YouTube's got tons of teaching of everything. It's amazing. It, it makes cable seem like nothing, I'm telling you. But you'll notice the minute you watch something like that, you get 50 stories like that. All of a sudden, you're on the, then I don't know why, I guess because I'm a conservative Christian, I get all this stuff about guns. Like they want me to buy a gun. I got a gun commercial. Every other, every other social media, there's a lady with her hoster. And I'm like, so I sort of go in there and I said, this, this ad offends me. And they're like, why? You know, I said, because it's irrelevant to my life. Because first of all, I'm not going to be labeled as a gun person because I'm a conservative Christian. I don't need a gun. I got a sword. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got a sword. I don't need a gun. Now, I'll probably, that, you know, whoever's listening on our phones now, I'll have all these sword commercials, you know. <laughs> Translation, Bible. Send me Bible commercials. Amen. But, but I had to go on and start because I don't want that kind of junk coming across my feed every five seconds. And I don't want their tracking all that to say, look what they look at. And I'm not afraid of what they want to do, but I want the wisdom from God to win in the hour I'm living. Amen? I want the wisdom from God to live in the hour I'm living. And I do not want to be fear motivated. And I do not want my brain trying to figure things out. And I'm not, I want, I want people to open up and say, God, get in charge of this area of my life. I don't want to raise uh, my children around a lot of fear. And, and do not do this. Do not. Let's say you're one of the, uh, find out all the bad stuff about the vaccines, okay? Because, and you can find a lot of that, and I believe most of it's true. Not all of it, but a lot of it. But then you got people you love who've done it, and now you're going to make them all feel like they're going to die of some horrible disease because they've done that? And do you want them to? What is wrong with people? I just say, no weapon formed against them is going to prosper. The blood of Christ covers them. And if they got faith in that, then let it be faith and not fear. Why do we want to take and put somebody in fear where they had faith? I'm like, good. You go outside now and go to eat and everything, and you got faith in that? Then praise God. You didn't take it in fear. You took it in faith. Maybe you just took it because, but you're, do you know you're still taking something in faith if you don't believe all the bad stuff everybody says about things? Amen. If you're Christian, right? They didn't run down to take it because they're so afraid they're going to get a flu. 
They thought, what the heck, I'll just take it. But they did it in faith. Does it, in the kingdom, in the kingdom, what, what I'm operating in determines the outcome Satan can bring. If I'm operating in fear, I don't care if I think I'm protecting myself and I'm staying away from this and I'm staying away from that and nothing's around me. If I'm operating in fear, I'm being set up by the enemy for him to attack me. Amen? If I'm operating in faith, he can't hurt me. Perfect love casts out fear. That's the only thing that really gets rid of fear. So how, how do I get to perfect love? I spend time with love. His name is Jesus, amen? I hang out with him and, and I ask him. I don't buy lies anymore about him. I don't buy lies anymore about myself. It's like, Lord, set me free from this. Some of you, some of you, the strong man in you or the things you've taken on and believe so, are so strong, especially if it's tied into an intellect. And you really need to stop and say, I am not, my intellect's not gonna save me. My intellect is not going to make people like me. My intellect is not in charge of my life. The intellect I have, God gave me for his glory and for his purposes. And I give it to him to use for himself. And I lay it down. The Bible says the carnal mind is an enemy to the things of the spirit. Amen. It doesn't mean he doesn't want some really PhDs and smart doctors and engineers and scientists. Amen. But when we identify with a gift or a talent or a personality trait or anything he's given us, amen, then Satan's going to get in that and try to use it to hurt us. Amen? It doesn't matter if it's a good thing. Does everybody get that? We've got to be those who bring good news. And some, some people I've seen, I've seen you go through seasons where you really shared about Jesus and you're really excited about this finding him and how good he was and this and that. But somehow the enemy was able to derail you and no longer is there an excitement there just to tell people how good he is, how powerful he is, how, how, how he can help you, how he can take care of you. you. When I share my testimonies, and I have some pretty could be scary testimonies. I have some tragic testimonies. But my prayer is never that you get afraid that you're going to walk through those things. Amen? My prayer is that you will see that God is bigger than those things. And I can't live my life trying to avoid tragedy. Because just the fear of trying to avoid tragedy can open the door for tragedy. Amen? I've just got to walk this life out in God. Amen? I've got to walk, quit getting under the fear thing. If I die, I, I win. I break the power of dying from any disease or COVID. But if I died of COVID, I still win. <laughs> I still win. How did we make a political flu situation a big divisive issue in the church? Boy, did we fall for the devil's things? He laughing. The devil's like, ha, 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 ha. he's not laughing here. Ha, 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 ha. Amen. I'm thankful for whoever has the faith to take the vaccine. I'm thankful for who has the faith not to take the vaccine. I'm thankful for anybody who got through the crazies in the hospital with the C word and 
God rescued them and they're alive and getting stronger and stronger. I thank God for that. I thank God for the people he has prayed for and took them right out of the hands of the devil or death. Amen. I'm thankful for the nurses and the doctors who don't know and hear all this stuff and the politicians are trying to figure it out. I'm not in the middle of the game anymore. Amen. I'm not. Get yourself out of there. You are opening the door for the enemy to attack you if you continue to be antagonistic in this. A house divided can't stand. A nation divided can't stand. The church divided can't stand. Your family divided can't stand. Be all things to all people that they might get saved. I got me some pretty loud colored masks in my car. So you, you get above what the devil's up to. You get above what he's up to. Amen. You get above what he's up to. And you don't be part of doing what he wants. I don't know how we get on this every time, but I guess it's the day we're living in. All right. For in this we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Second Colossians 5, 12, Corinthians 5, 5, 2. <laughs> if indeed, after we put it on, we will not be found naked. For we groan while we are in this tent. Okay, listen. We are going to groan while we live in these bodies. All right. Burdened because we don't want to be unclothed, but we want to be clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. All right, let me read it in um, the Passion Translation. He says all this stuff kind of nice. So while living in this tent, we groan under its burden, not because we want to die, but because we want these new bodies. We crave for all that is mortal to be, sw mortal to be swallowed up by eternal life. This is not an empty hope, for God himself is the one who has prepared us for our destiny. And to confirm this promise, he has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring as a guarantee. That's why we're full of courage. Even while we're at home in this body, we're more homesick to be with the Master. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live with a joyful confidence. Yet at the same time, we take delight in the thought of leaving these bodies behind to be home with the Lord. On my daughter's gravesite, you know, when we went to uh, pick out um, the, the headstone, all that kind of fun stuff, things you think you'll never have to do, they had no scriptures or anything in there to pick out. I'm like, I thought they'd give you a list of the most popular ones, you know? They had nothing. My husband and I are in there like, I don't know. I said, so wait a minute. We are finding a Bible verse. Just wait. I, she goes, well, I don't have a Bible. I said, I've got three or four in my car. So I went, I brought in, that was before the iPad. I brought in all these versions, different Bible versions. I'm like, here, honey, let's find one. And, and we found this one. To be absent from the Lord is to be present. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And it says, yay, it's better. Yes, it's better to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And that's what's on her tombstone or whatever, gravestone, whatever you call those things. They're expensive. That's all I know. I got a lot of real estate, and that's my one piece I was hoping I wouldn't have to buy. Amen? But I'm just saying, I'm just, but that's okay because who knows? I may be putting the flowers, which I haven't done over a year this bad, on that piece of property when that body pops out through there on the way up to heaven, and I'm raptured at the same time. I'm going, hey! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it's going to happen like that. And don't get confused. The real them, minus the flesh, body, is already in heaven. 
That's God calling that flesh out of the grave in a glorified form so that they will then be made whole at the same time that we are. See, they don't need that body in heaven. They don't need that glorified body in heaven. They are spirit, like angels. They're spirit with a soul in heaven. But, and I say, well, Lord, why are you even bothering to pull that up out of the grave? And I heard him. So many of the things God teaches me, I keep hearing Robin Bullock teach, is really pretty cool. And, and I asked the Lord, why, why do you even bother with all that? Well, for one thing, he never created us to die. And the second thing he showed me recently, you're going to come back to earth for a thousand years. You're going to need a body people can see. We're going to need one that can hang out down here and hang out up there. Amen. Because this one can't hang out up there. And that one, no one can see down here. Amen? So he's got it all, he's got it all figured out. Right before, none of you need it <laughs> until we come back together to rule and reign on the earth. So I'm going to bring them bodies up. Meet those peoples, their spirit, who they really are, and their soul, which is already in heaven, amen? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, not living in purgatory like the Catholics preach incorrectly, coming from scripture that had to do with paradise, which is in the earth, which was because of Abraham's bosom, which Jesus opened that up when he rose up. When he rose up, those spirits came up from the grave. Uh, the, the, they came not from the grave. They came up from uh, the middle of the earth, which is Abraham's bosom. That's no longer there for anybody. That's gone. You don't have to pay $100 if you're Catholic for somebody to pray that you get out of purgatory. They do that even now. And th their hearts are right. They really want that un-Catholic person to get out of purgatory. How do I know? Because people did that for Lauren. And I didn't take offense to it. I pray that they know how real our salvation is. I saw her in heaven with Jesus. But even if I hadn't, I know, because the word says so. Amen? Anyway, all right. That's what it goes on. This is no empty hope, for God himself is the one who has prepared us for this wonderful destiny. Okay, we did that one. Um, all right. Second Corinthians 5.9. So whether we live or die, we make it our life's passion to live our lives pleasing to him. For one day we will all be openly revealed before Christ on his throne so that each of us will be duly compensated for our actions done in this life, whether good or bad or worthless. Since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to him. We need to make it our passion that others know him. I, I, think one of, I think one of the saddest days is going to be when we actually see all the people who went to hell that crossed our paths that we never shared the gospel with. I'm praying that God gives us such a desire to reveal him.
It can't be fear-based. It can't be hid knowledge-based. It has to be relationship-based. The freer you get in, to be who you are in Christ, people are drawn to that. People are drawn to that. The more you just debate and argue with people over things, well, if they're argumentative, they might be drawn to that. You might intellectually help them, which is fine. Amen. At least, as Paul says, at least Jesus be preached. But God is coming to get a bride who has broken past her old identity into her new identity where people are drawn. Amen. And Holy Spirit is revealing Christ through everything they say, everything they do. That is where the church is going. Amen. Um, when I was reading some, a book, it had something to do with Moses uh, last night. And the Lord showed me, he said, you know what the promised land is? It's not my return. It's not, because you know the whole church, once we get past the Red Sea, we're going to go into the wilderness. First, we got to get out of Egypt, which is getting the world out of us. We got we to gotta be, right now we're in Egypt. We're nowhere else. We're in Egypt. Do you believe that his blood protects you? Do you believe that if you obey him, because he is the Moses, okay? There's only one, there's only one new covenant Moses. His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. And when we obey him and walk with him, he will take care of us. Now, I talked to somebody, they're all freaked out, like, yeah, but what if I don't do it right? What if I don't obey him right? So they're still thinking it's about them. And that's living in condemnation. That's the old creation. Okay, that's not the new creation. The new creation in Christ Jesus, who I am now, has a heart that trusts God. And it's not fear-based. Because no matter what I go through, even if I miss it because of sin issues or my flesh or whatever, even if I miss it, all things work together for good to those who loved him or called to his purpose. Well, I choose to love him and I'm called to his purpose. It doesn't say called to the fivefold ministry. It's called to his purpose. What's my purpose? To give him pleasure. What's my purpose? To glorify his name. What's my purpose? To let other people know how it really is. I was created to love him and to be loved by him. That's my purpose. So I know, I know I got that. Even when the devil hits me hard and he still tries to hit me hard. One of the first things I say now, when it was it just last year, we got a lawsuit. See, y'all got to get this. Get this. You are in training now with the little stuff that you act like it doesn't matter. It matters. You pass these little tests. So you're prepared for when the enemy really hits you. Are you saying he's going to hit me? Yes. Because Jesus says you'll have trouble. He said, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you. Amen? The difference is, as you grow in him and walk with him and hang out with him, and you learn to do what he's taught you to do according to his word, you begin to praise him and thank him and enter into his courts, hang out with him, put on some praise music, don't pray to him in fear and panic, come to him in faith, and ask him what we're supposed to do about this. And he calls that ask for wisdom. And he want to ask for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom. He means it. Well, God, give me some wisdom for this. He doesn't know I'm not going to give their wisdom. His word says he'll always give you wisdom if you ask. Believe it, he's going to give you wisdom. Get rid of the lie. It doesn't work for you. There's just a few people in here. And they got this deep-rooted lie. This just doesn't work for me. And I encourage you to call and take me to lunch or something to get free from it. Because it's time. 
How can you go with a lie so deep that this doesn't work for you? You're basically saying you're damned to hell no matter what. Because God did not die for your sins. And God did not send his Holy Spirit to live in you. And so you've got to make this whole life thing work without him. It is a lie, the deepest, most evil lie from the pit of hell that God would do that to anybody. He is not a respecter of persons. He says so. If you want him, you'll find him. It doesn't matter if you want him and you're in a nation that no one ever shares who he is, he will give you a dream of who he is and you'll know his name because you started seeking after him. We're in a nation where everybody should be seeking after him and they're starting to again because all this is shaking them up. But we got way too worldly to be salt. You need to look at your life. Is anybody really drawn to it? And if not, why? And go spend some time with God to get to that place to walk in your identity in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. And look at your testimonies and share your testimonies. Share the testimonies of others to glorify God. Don't share them to make people scared. And don't share them to put people down. Share them to give people hope. People say, well, why aren't you afraid? Well, I'm not afraid because God has not given me a spirit of fear. But love, power, and mind, they're not going to get that. But when I say, well, you know what? I've been to a nation and I laid hands on people with tuberculosis, which is much more deadly than this little thing going around in, in the world right now to produce fear. And many more people, if they get tuberculosis, die than the percentage of this other. And I laid hands on them and prayed for them and then found out what they had. And I did use some hand sanitizer, but I laughed because I knew I was in God's will and I had his presence on me to pray for those people. Amen. And if he wants me to pray, I'll pray for whoever he wants, but I'm not going to pray for it because somebody's trying to intimidate me to feel like I'm not spiritual if I don't. Amen. Just leave me alone. Amen. <laughs> I will do whatever God wants me to do whenever he wants me to do it. But guess what? He's the one who's going to order my steps. Not you, not your opinion, not your spirituality, not your title. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Well, we lay, we'll lay hands on anybody God wants us to. I don't lay hands on anybody he doesn't want me to. He knows who's serious. He knows what's going on. Amen? Second right. Colossians, I mean Corinthians 5.11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we are trying to persuade people, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known to your conscience also. For we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may have something to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are out of our minds, it is for God. And if we are in our right minds, it's for you. For the love of the Messiah compels us since we have concluded that one died for all and as a result, all died. And he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. All right, get this one. And he died for all so that those who live will no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. So from now on, we recognize no one 
according to the flesh. Even though we have known the Messiah according to the flesh, yet now we no longer know him this way. I do want to say this. Everyone who talks so much about Jesus being a man needs to recognize the scripture. Yes, they knew him as a man in the flesh, but they say, we don't even see the Messiah like that anymore. We have to quit taking away from who Jesus Christ is. He is God. He is the exact image of God. He was always God. He's always been with God. And when God, when God chose to begin to create, he chose, he was the father. He would come forth from himself. God himself would come forth from himself as the son. And the spirit would be able to go everywhere and create and do everything that the father and the son and the spirit had chosen to do. It's all one God. He's completely one God. You're not seeing the Father, you're seeing Jesus, and he are the same. Jesus is the exact image of the Father. Exact. He's just a mobile version that this awesome God decided to become, not create, because he's the creator. In who he is, he chose to come forth from himself as the Son and begin to create. He chose to go forth into the world as a baby, put himself in flesh so that he could save us as the second Adam. And people, he knew he was going to do that before the foundations of the earth. He's an awesome author. He's like, oh, this would be cool. Let's do this. Yeah, this would be awesome. You mean make them in our image? They're like, yeah, let's make them in our image and our likeness. They say our. It's like a little conversation with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hey, how about this? I know we could do this. And then you know they're not going to make it without us. Okay, but we're still going to make them soul, spirit, body, so they can choose us. But they're not going to. So we're going to, they're going to have to have covenant. So then they're going to have to have all these rules they're going to follow. All these things we'll do for, you know, quite a few years, thousands of years, so that they find out what we require, how we are, how it's impossible for them to do this unless they become one in us. That's what we're going to do. Ah, you know that rotten, stinking, uh, rebelling archangel that we threw out of here who's been making a mess on the earth, you know, and we froze everything without form? You know, let's leave him down there. Yeah, that'll be great because he's pure evil. There's no truth in him. He's a liar. And then they're going to have a free will. So they get to choose if they're going to be rebellious and hateful like him or if they want to be like us. This is awesome. This is a great idea. Out of this, we're going to get a family. And even those who don't choose us, at least they had a chance at life. That's the plan. He did it. He's the author and the finisher. He's bringing it all to this great big conclusion. Shake everything. Get the church where she needs to be. I need my bride. I need people to see me the way that I am so they want me. And let Satan do all that he wants to, to create his horrible, evil, nasty, counterfeit harlot bride. Use the most elitist, People had the most gifting who could have served me the greatest. Let them use their filthy hearts to make filthy music for the harlot, to make filthy perversion for her, to make filthy uh, me medical and, and use, use everything that I 
gave them the ability to make for my glory. Let them use it for the most evil they ever want to use it for. And then we're going to have a showdown. This will be a great ending. We'll have a showdown. We'll have a bride who actually people will see us when they see her. She will no longer live it all for herself. She'll die to herself. She won't have fear. She'll rescue people and love people. And she'll know how to hang out with us. And she'll be one with us. She'll be our body. She'll be amazing. She'll be beautiful. And we'll pour out so much in her in the last days. Like we're going to just pour out grace like the world's never seen and authority and power. But she can't hate. She can't get in fear. She can't act like the world. She can't do this like the world. She can't be divisive. She can't do all that. At the same time, ha! the enemy will do every evil thing he could ever, ever think of. And the people can see the two. Do they want to be part of extreme money used for pedophiles? Do they want to be part of drug addiction? Do they want to be part of taking my place? Do they want to be part of, of stirring up hate and racism but acting like they're loved? Do they want to be a part of that? Then let them. Or do they want to be a part of this? Love that never fails. Love that will lay down her own life. Love that, that nobody can ever get hate into the heart. Will never get her uh, in unforgiveness. Guys, this is God's plan. And he is able to do it. And he's going to. And we are in those final chapters. That's where we are. We ought to be so excited. We get to be the generation, or at least lead into the generation of the perfected bride. Healed, delivered, set free, made whole, not looking like the world. And if he's got to shake every idol out of you and deal with every fear in you, then let him do it all at once for everybody because that's what he's doing so he can have his bride sooner than later. People make their choice. Let them find out how evil evil is. And if they keep saying evil's okay, then they're all going to go to hell with evil because they chose to. And then for the finale of the finales of finales, I believe he's going to pull his bride up because the church age is over. She's going to come up looking fine, Maybe the half that didn't make it because of the parable that Jesus says about the virgin without oil, she gets to stay down and she better listen to people's teaching about suffering and not taking the sign of the beast because that's half the church. They need that teaching. And it's going to be a lot of people who think they're going to be up here who's going to be down there because they don't have oil because they're just running around after every prophet and everyone who calls himself a teacher and everyone who thinks an apostle and they don't have any oil of their own because you can only buy it in the fire. You can only get it in the fire. They're doing everything to avoid the fire. Let me stay near somebody who can pray for me. Let me stay near somebody who, who will keep me safe. Let me stay near somebody because I don't want no fire. Don't want no fire up here. Amen. <laughs> Lord, send your fire. Do y'all know his fire is the same fire as any fire? <laughs> it burns everything that needs to be burnt. God, send your best trial yet. Make me like gold. I want to be that one tested in the fire. Doesn't he call it that? He even talks about gold. Anybody, anybody knows anything about science knows that gold 
comes forth when all the impurities comes out because it's so hot in the fire and it brings all the bad stuff to the surface. The fire brings your bad stuff to the surface. We're in the fire. And some of y'all got a lot of stuff on the surface right now. <laughs> it ain't the devil who brought it to the surface if you're asking to be the bride. If you're asking to be the bride, it is God himself putting the fire <laughs> in your life. So you can do what you need to do to recognize what doesn't belong inside of you. So quit identifying with it. Quit fighting the plan of the king of kings. See, you would be fighting it so hard if you lived in a nation that wasn't so good. So does he have to take away our entire nation before the church will wake up? We hope not. But we don't really know now, do we? Depends on the church. It's always depended on the church. It'll always depend on the church. He loves the church just as much in the Middle East as he loves the church here. Amen? Is that okay? Okay. Therefore, here we go. If anyone is in the Messiah, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, I want you to see what this means. This doesn't mean you don't need the healing of the brokenhearted. It doesn't mean you don't need to be set free as a captive. Amen? What he's saying there is the old covenant way of doing things, the way God dealt with his people before has been fulfilled, has been completed, and now all things are new. Now it's all about this new creation, Christ in you, Holy Spirit in you, healing you, delivering you, setting you free from the inside out. Amen. That's the new creation. The old thing that passed away and was fulfilled is the laws and the covenants that made you try to do this stuff with your works. Because it would never work. But it would, key, it would show those through all of history who at least wanted to please God. And if you don't get out of the old covenant, and I'm not talking about you can read everything you can read in the old covenant, amen? Because it shows us what Jesus fulfilled. Amen? It showed us what he fulfilled. It showed us the requirements of God. It showed us a lot of stuff. Amen? But we always see what Jesus says about things in the Gospels. And then we look at what the... When, when I'm, I'm even studying Moses, as I'm studying Moses, the Holy Spirit had me study Moses in the Gospels, what Jesus said about Moses, and then Moses in the, the letters the apostles wrote, and then go back and read about Moses. Amen? That's how I study everything. Because I want to study from the foundation up. 
Amen? I don't want to try to fit Jesus in. I want to start with him. And he says about Moses, as Moses had to do with the law. And he did not come to do away with the law, right? He came and fulfilled the law. And those, the Jewish people who did not receive him because they missed their day of visitation, guess what? When the church age is over, they're right back there building their temple again, doing their sacrifices again, getting right back into their word minus the new covenant because he's going to still save them in a day in a different way when he breaks through the clouds and they see him and they know who he is, but they've gotten back in the word. They've gotten back being drawn by the Holy Spirit because it's now going to be the finale of what he's going to do in them. And when he's, he's going to do it with 144,000 Jewish witnesses because the church isn't here except for the lukewarm church who got left behind because she didn't have oil. And now she's going to die and not take the mark to get in because she wouldn't just get the oil. But she still gets to get in, but she won't be the bride. How fair is our God? How good is our God? The lukewarm that spit out of his mouth is that half of the bride who chose not to be the bride because she wouldn't take time to spend it with God. She was too busy, just like the wedding invitation that went out. There is so much scripture to back this up. It's not even funny. Amen? There's so much scripture to show. There were those who were invited, and they, were, they weren't bad people. They believed they just had reasons why they didn't have time for for God now. They didn't have time to read the Bible now. They didn't have time to hang out with God now. They didn't have time to be led by the Spirit now. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And so guys, they're okay. They don't want to come now. Let's have an end time harvest. Go to the highways and the byways. Go through undeveloped nations. Go on the internet. Go everywhere you can and see who wants to come. See who doesn't have a house, a big wedding, and whatever the other things are. They don't have a field. They don't have their own business. They're not so busy with the world that they are ready to come to the feast. And they're going to be part of the bride. That's why I get to preach in India, the Philippines, and Uganda. Because I'm out looking for the bride. I think a lot of the ones who are going to miss that are in America. Unless the shaking shakes them out of their complacency. He's got it all in there. He's got a plan for the lukewarm. Isn't he faithful when we're not? He's got a plan for the hungry, the one going after oil, the one who knows who they are in Christ, the one who wants him and falls in love with him and lets that fire get everything to the surface. But as they see the uglies coming up and they see the anger and they see the racism and they see the poor me and they see the I'm always wrong and they see all the junkity dunkity dunk, they don't identify with it. They let it go. Thank you for the fire. Count it all joy, your various trials. Because they're doing something in you. That let's be real, nothing else could do, or why would he tell you to be thankful for them? Amen. Count it joy. Quit not counting it joy and wasting your trial. Don't worry, he has another opportunity. <laughs> I 
in life to just get A's on my trials and just get right on to the good part. Amen? Amen? I'm serious. I don't want to hear that kind of teaching because I don't want to suffer. You're going to suffer because Jesus promises you they'll have trouble. It doesn't mean in the suffering you're not going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. It doesn't mean you're not going to die to self and die to flesh. It doesn't mean you ask for it. Oh, God, help me to suffer. He says, he says oh, wait, don't worry. I promise you there's going to be trouble tomorrow. And what's he say? Don't worry about it. What's he say? Don't dread it. Don't dread what it says is going to happen during the book of Revelation. Don't listen to itchy ear preaching, pretending it's not going to happen. Don't dread it. Because I'm not going to be there to help you through it till we get there. Because we've got to take care of today. We've got to take care of today. Amen? You've got to start training yourself to take care of today in Christ. See, this whole thing that's released on the whole world right now is trying to get us into dread. Trying to get, how can I protect myself? Well, you know, I, I've got um, a, a freezer full of food. So if the electricity goes out, come to my house for a big barbecue. <laughs> like like a $1,000 or more barbecue. Okay. But don't pray my electricity goes out. Amen? <laughs> I'm just saying, one time I had all my stuff, and I'm like, God, I like all my stuff. And, and the Lord's like, you know, okay, Lord, I don't want to like all my stuff. The Lord says, Cindy, a house fire would take care of all your stuff. I'm like, you're right. This stuff could be gone really fast. You're right, God. I don't care about this stuff. Amen? Hey, will God say that? Yeah, because he knows a house fire would take care of it. If it's idolatry, if it's in the way of you serving him and being generous, if you're trying to take care of yourself, you can't take care of yourself. Amen? You can't take care of yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't live within your constitutional rights. Quit getting it all messed up. He put you in a nation where it's okay to defend yourself. He put you here. And if you don't know how to use that sword, you better maybe have to have the other. Amen? But wouldn't it be nice to get to the place where you really, really, really knew that you had the sword or you got where you knew that you would rather die than take somebody out and knowing they're going to hell because they were trying to hurt you first? Now, it's easy to talk the talk, but what would we really do? And guess what? You don't have to think about what you'd really do because there's no grace for dread. There's no grace for it. That's why you don't think about the bad stuff that could happen. If you get there, there'll be grace, abundant, sufficient, more than enough. His supernatural power and provision to bring you through to the promises he's given you. Amen. That's why he tells you cast down every thought that doesn't line up with his word. He means it. Okay. In the, as this new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay. Get this. See, the Bible says you have to believe with your heart, right? Right? Well, everybody knows your pumper doesn't believe anything, right? Dum, 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 dum. That's not, you, you can't try to get your, the thing that flows the blood through your body believing, right? Obviously, that word heart does not mean your physical heart. It means your spiritual heart. Just like I got spiritual eyes and spiritual ears, I have a spiritual heart. Whew. Well, this is good. What would his spiritual heart do? 
Well, let's see. Spiritual eyes help me to see things of the kingdom, things in the spirit realm. Spiritual ears help me to hear the Holy Spirit, hear the things that's going on in the kingdom. So a spiritual heart would be bring life to every part of my body, my spiritual body. It's life. I have to believe. I have to believe to have life. I have to believe to have real life. I have to believe to have the life of God. I have to believe in my heart. I have to believe in that which gives me life, which would be a heart, right? Isn't that what a heart does? I see, ears hear, a heart, right? Plumps blood through your body, right? Without it, you cannot live at all, right? They even say life begins when the blood starts pumping. I mean, some people, that's what the Jews believe, amen? Life is in the blood. That's where they get that from. Amen. So if I have to believe with my spiritual heart, I have to believe with that part he put in my spirit, man, that can believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I have to believe with my spiritual heart, that part in my spirit, man, that can grab the things of the Spirit. I can grab the Word of God. I can grab the truth of His love. I can grab the revelation from Him. Amen? And then I can believe in my heart. Okay, don't be thinking hard. This isn't what your brain can get. How many know if you have a spirit? How many know you are a spirit? And if you're born again, how many know that God Holy Spirit has brought life to your spirit and he's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And he says you have to believe in your heart. So if I have spiritual eyes, a spiritual mind, and spiritual ears, and we also have a spiritual, um, what does he call it, um, where the uh, living water flows out of your innermost being. I have an innermost being, or some people call it belly. I have a spiritual belly. Everybody's like, I wonder if it's smaller than my neck. Anyhow, <laughs> do we want that big? Is that where we want the big belly? Anyhow, <laughs> amen. But from that place, which that word belly for the inner belly, it really is like a womb. There is a spiritual place of birthing within everyone's spirit, male and female. How cool is this? What does the Bible say? Many die because they don't discern the body correctly. Well, they don't discern the human, the human body. They don't discern the body of Christ, and they don't discern their spiritual body. And the Bible's real clear. That's the main, and if not only, reason Christians die um, before they're supposed to. So I want my spirit mind, the mind of Christ, strong in my life. I want my natural mind to be renewed. So I read God's word with my natural mind. I renew my mind, but I need my spirit mind, the mind of Christ, to be forefront in everything I do. There's no fear in Christ. Amen. There's no condemnation in Christ. So you need to see, if I'm in condemnation, what's condemnation? Oh, I did that wrong. Oh, it's all my fault. Oh, how can I take care of myself? All that's, con all that's judgment. All that's condemning. Amen? That's in your old identity. That's been crucified with Christ. Amen? 
But you got to go and make sure you let it know you know that. Does this make sense to anybody? It doesn't have to make sense. Do you get it? Like, okay, God, this is about my spiritual mind, the mind of Christ. It doesn't matter if my natural mind's been hurt. Amen. You don't want dementia. Get a really strong spiritual mind. Amen. Amen. Get the mind of Christ. How do I get the mind of Christ? He lives in you. You'll have the mind of Christ. You have a spiritual womb. You have a spiritual heart. You have eyes and ears. What you have to do is wake up. What's an awakening? A true awakening is your spirit man being awakened and you getting your natural man out of the way for your spirit man to take over in your life. Here's the part y'all are dying to see it. But how do I do that? Like, how do I make that happen? How do I make that happen? You don't make that happen. Because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's a reality. And you believe. And you read the word and you renew your mind. And you say, okay, Lord, here's how I've done it for years. I'll read something. And I'll know. Like, a, like my brain will know, okay, that's not real for you yet. But I put my hand on it while I'm reading it in the Bible. And I say, God, I don't have this yet, but I want it. Now I even realize, God, I do have this, but it's locked away in my spirit. And it needs to come forth. See, you can't. <laughs> Faith is a substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. Faith is not something you work up in your natural mind. It's impossible. Faith only happens in your spirit. Grace only happens in your spirit. True prayer only happens in your spirit. Binding and loosing only happens in your spirit. Do you understand? Everybody who keeps trying to do this in their natural flesh are just under the old covenant trying to do the things they think will work. And that part of you is supposed to be buried, crucified. Okay, okay. Gosh. Like Gang said, we want this is good preaching. Okay. When you try to work this up in your brain, your natural brain, it doesn't work. Okay, it can't work there. It wasn't meant to work there. This is what makes people so nervous when all they depend on is our natural brains. Now, in your natural brain, you can repent. You can repent of making fun of the things of the Spirit. You can repent of ever blaspheming the things of the Spirit. You can repent forever trying to tell God what he can and can't do in your life. You can repent in your natural mind. Amen? Truthfully, you always repent in your natural mind because it's only your natural self that sins. The conviction comes by the Spirit. That is good, I'm telling you. I get convicted by my spirit. So get rid of the lie that God can't convict you. Get rid of the lie that God can't touch you. Tell that devil to get out of the way because he is standing in the way between you and Holy Spirit conviction. Get rid of the lie that says, I'm not going to listen to anything that I don't want to hear. Because if you're going to hear conviction from the Holy Ghost, it says it hurts for a while. Amen? But then it brings repentance and then it brings change. Amen? 
Do you get what I'm saying? Conviction. See, when you sear your conscience, you can't be convicted anymore. You toughen yourself up. Well, you got to get that thing out of the way. That's spiritual. Get it out of the way. Open your heart. Spend some time. Spend some time just realizing I can't do this in my natural self. So, so put on some worship music. Find some... I believe every single person who's born again has spiritual ears. Right? Right? Okay, you might have tons of goo in there, but get it out, amen. <laughs> amen. So you can hear as good in your spiritual ears as anybody else. And one day when you get that, your natural ear is going to be completely healed. But if I had to choose between spiritual ears and natural ears, i choose spiritual ears. So the ears you have in Christ are already greater than any ears anybody else has. But God wants you to have both. If you've got eyes to see in the Spirit, you can see the victory. You can see people saved. You can see yourself healed. That's why don't let people mess around with the spiritual, your spirit being, trying to teach you how to do this stuff. I can't teach you how to do spiritual things. I can just tell you some of the things for me. And then Paul says, imitate me as I imitate. Follow, follow how I do it if that works for you. Amen? Some people say, well, if you fast. Well, good. If that works for them, fine. And I encourage you to try it. Go get some good books on fasting. You won't hear from me. I hardly ever fast. Okay? I, I, would, I would have loved to just fast it instead of burying my daughter. I just died the hard way. And every time I try to fast, guy goes, what are you doing? God, I'm, <laughs> I'm fasting to hear you. Why am I talking to you? <laughs> well, be quiet a minute. I, haven't, I need to not eat for a while. No. Every now and then there's something where I've got a blockage I don't hear and I'll fast. But he really sits down and laughs at me when I'm fasting when I have the bridegroom with me. He said, what are you doing? I'm, I'm not eating. Why? Because I want to I wanna have an encounter. Okay. <laughs> Lord's like, you live in encounter. Yeah, I know, but I read somebody's book. He goes, how about mine? But this is not telling you not to fast. If you don't hear God, you need to fast. You cannot take anything spiritual, inner healing anything, and make it a formula. The minute you do, you take it out of the spirit realm and you put it into the old covenant realm. And our fallen nature likes to do that. We like four steps to. I'm reading a book now, guys, I'm trying to tell you how to have encounters. I believe this probably worked for him. I don't know if it's all legit or not. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't read enough of it. But I mean it going, you can't tell people to do this, and this is exactly how they have to do this. Amen? You can say this is what worked. This is how God helped. I, I, you guys... I can just be doing absolutely nothing spiritual seeming at all and God just comes and, and zaps me. 
He, he will come in the middle of the night if he wants to and really wake you up. And you'll be like, I'm trying to sleep, Lord. You know I have an appointment in the morning. He goes, he goes I have sleep you know not of. You know, he's like, he's like, he goes, it's like, are you, are you nuts? Hanging out with God is going to be more restful than a ton of sleep. I say, okay, I'm not even thinking about this anymore. It's like, like what are you doing here? I just thought we'd talk. <laughs> okay, God. Amen? He gives us some, he gives us some scriptures, spiritual laws that we really have to understand and believe. We enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. You never enter his courts with murmuring. You cannot go to God in a bad mood. Because that part of you is supposed to be dead. So you get yourself together. And you decide to praise. And you may start off in the flesh. Because you're supposed to have authority over your flesh. You know what? You're not murmuring. You're not complaining. You're not calling 10 people and telling them how bad that was. You're going to tell God how good he is. God, you're really good. And can we all quit with the lies that say it's okay to tell God how mad we are at him? Can somebody show me a scripture for that? It's okay. God understands if you're angry at him. No, he understands you're angry at the devil and you're blaming him. Which causes bitterness, which is a root of evil. He's not about you getting a root of evil because people teach wrong doctrine. Show me a scripture that God says it's so. Did, was he that nice to Job when Job was moaning and groaning? Read the end of Job. God came and knocked him upside the head and said, who do you think you are, boy? He didn't say, oh, Job, it's been rough on you, hasn't it? He gave us a, who are you to tell me what I did wrong? And Job just gets it by God himself. Anybody leaves that part out. Have you ever heard the Job story told with that part? No. They all stop way before they get there. Anyway, if I start to have a pity party for even five seconds, God's not like, I, I feel, I feel the, that I've grieved the Holy Ghost. I hate that feeling. Amen? So you need to find out worship music, getting still before the Lord, making time for him. And let me say, you said, well, I try, nothing happens. Excuse me. If you're sitting there telling them how good he is and reading his word and singing along with songs that glorify him, why does this have to be about you? Maybe that's your real problem. Maybe you think <laughs> encounters with the most powerful God, the most glorious holy being ever, and, and worship is, is supposed to be a way for you to have a good feeling when this isn't actually about you at all. <gasps> Maybe that's the old man thing that should die. And in the new creation, my spirit that's already one with the spirit of God. How cool is that? My spirit being, who I really am, 
that will live forever, made in the very image of God, is already one with God. And I'm going to let a devil bother me? I'm going to go back to letting him tell me who I am? What I can do, what I can't do, how bad God is? Do you under- He says, cast down every imagination. Well, people, imaginations happen in your spirit, not your natural self. Imaginations in, is where God talks to you in your spirit mind, that you turn that over to garbage, so demons get to talk there. That's really bad. The main place you hear demonic activity is in your, your, your imagination. Because you took things in. Mm. You took things in with your natural eyes that got into your spirit. You take things in with your natural ears that get into your spirit. Because they're demonic things. And demonic is spiritual. Amen? Mm. Get that one. Now, if it's just a natural thing, it's not going to get into your spirit. If it's something led by the Holy Spirit, it's going to get into your spirit, eyes, ears, spirit, mind. But if it's a demonic thing, it's going to get into your spirit through your natural eyes, your natural ears, your natural mind, and your imagination, and you're going to entertain demons in your fallen state. And even Christians who don't know how to get free or won't walk into freedom can actually become demonized with counterfeit everything because they don't even get how this works. Amen? He's my protector. If I only want the Holy Spirit, for real, I'll only get the Holy Spirit. That is a spiritual law. That's a spiritual law. That's my divine protection of my spirit man. My divine protection. I am incapable of protecting my spirit man. Except to have faith. That the one who says that if I only want the Holy Spirit, I'll only get the Holy Spirit means it. And if my motive is off and something else gets in, I can still trust this jealous God to get me free. Amen? See, it's never about you. It's always about him. It's about his faithfulness, even when I'm not. It's about his word having authority and power to break through and divide even the thoughts, right? His his word can divide. It's like a two-edged sword separating the the thoughts and the, the spiritual. He's got everything. He's got everything, folks. But he operates in our spirit man. Amen? And we just have to get still sometimes and say, okay, and quit buying the lies of the enemy. Just why do you listen to him? If some of you would hear God as much as you hear the devil, you'd be amazing. <laughs> Think about it. If the devil can talk to you and, you're, and, and he's spirit, why would you think God can't, who made you in his image and likeness, to talk to you? Amen? Why is the tormenting, lying, defeated foe having more time in your spirit brain than God? Because you're letting him. Because you're not casting down imaginations. Amen? You're, you're, not, you're buying the lies. You're staying in who, you, who the enemy says you are. It's because you can't do this <laughs> that makes some of you afraid. It's because only God can do this. And you have to trust him. 
that you would rather struggle over here trying to do it than to let go and trust him. And Satan's hurt you to make you so scared to trust God. How do I do it? Just do it. I trust you. I trust you. I'm going to open this word. I'm going to read it. And I, wherever, wherever I open, I'm trusting you that you're going to show me something. I'm going to study. I'm going to study to be approved. I'm trusting that I'm going to begin to understand you. I'm trusting that you're going to get me to the right ministries, the right conferences, the right books, the right music. I'm trusting you. I'm just trusting you. And so what, what would Satan want to do? He wants to make you so afraid to trust God. He wants to make you, especially if you've been wounded and hurt and didn't have uh, uh, godly parents who made you feel safe. But you can't live forever in the old creation, in the old you, the before Christ. That needs to be crucified. And just remember, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things are new. And you can say, wait a minute, that's an old thought. That's an old way of thinking. That's a cultural way of thinking. That has nothing to do with who I am in the kingdom. And then you, you, get, you ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, teach me your ways. Holy Spirit, I'm going to read this and I'm going to get revelation. Because revelation is just God talking to you in your spirit mind. Amen? He's just saying, ooh, look at this. And remember, Jesus, you, Jesus says to him, um, who do you say that I am? And then Peter who's right back in the flesh real soon, right? But right in that moment, Peter's, you are the son, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, whoa, he, he saw the authority. He saw, he's speaking from his spirit. He goes, oh, my father in heaven revealed that to you. And on that rock, I'm going to build my church. The rock is not Peter. The rock is the revelation that the father speaks to us. And then he says, and so he gives them the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in the heavenlies, and that's a whole teaching we start with before. Do you know how powerful that is? But not when it's a formula. Mm, 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 mm. How quick we try to make things a formula. I know we got to get going. Get rid of formulas. Everything God does new. Everybody wants to come try to do the next week. That's when you see something really start to flow. Like there's, there's a, I, I really like watching Church International on Sunday nights with, with um, Robin Bullock. And, and, you know, but they flow. You know what I mean? It's not the way we do But it's so fun to watch people who don't know what they're going to do next and they still do it. And what awesome gifting to all be able to play music and sing prophetically and do all this. And they're jumping around with this, that, and the other. And, and it's like, it's so fun to watch. Because you don't know what's going to happen next. Because it's Holy Spirit. That's, that's the new wineskin. Which my house is getting the new wineskin today. <laughs> so pretty soon I can tell you all my story. Anyhow. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a new wineskin. You first all have to believe that God will speak to you in your spirit. You got to believe it. My sheep hear my voice. They're not going to follow another. Okay, I'm your sheep. I believe it. And anything in you, anything in you that doesn't believe it, that's what has to go. 
That's what inner healing is about. That's what healing the broken heart of place is about in deliverance. This part of me is afraid. It's not like pretending it's not there. It's like recognizing, okay, th this part of me is afraid to give up, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh God, do you want me to give this up? And if it's really an issue like that young rich man, he'll say, yeah, go sell everything you have and come follow me. I'll say, Lord, gosh, I don't know, Lord, I'm liking this stuff too much. Do you want me to give it up? He said, I know if I gave you grace, you would give that up so fast, you wouldn't even know what you're doing. I said, well, you're right. I know if you gave me grace, I'd walk away from it. He goes, well, I'm not trying to make you give up things. Do you understand? He's not trying to get me in my soul, in my flesh, to give up things as, as a sacrifice to him. He just doesn't want there to be anything that he can't take if he wants it. He doesn't want anything that's greater in your life than he is. Amen. So, so we're trying to do this with logic instead of grace. So, so you'll never understand how I overcame sorrow and grief. Okay, you'll never understand it because it took grace. Your brain can't get it. We can't understand how Stephen was stoned to death as the first martyr, and he looks up at God, and he's all happy, and he's full of glory, and he says, forgive them, because there's grace. And when you hear somebody tell their testimony without grace, it's giving you fear and dread, and you need to pray for that person. And I'm not judging them. There are some people who go through some horrific things that without grace, you're not going to get through it. And then you need to pray for it. Don't get your identity in suffering. Don't get your identity in your testimony. Too many people get their identity in their gifts, their calling, or their testimony. Spiritual things. But that's not where our identity is. My identity is an I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation in him. And this new creation, who oh, can grab the grace it needs when it needs something in a, in a situation. God will give me the grace I need every time. I'm not afraid he won't give me grace. Amen. He will give me the wisdom I need every time. Every time. Every time. So you got to start out in your walk, wherever you are with God, you have to start asking him for these things. Grace only comes to your spirit. Faith only comes to your spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, you can only really pray in spirit and truth. He doesn't say you can pray in your brain. He said, get in my word. My word is truth. Now pray out my word. Hang out with me. You can only worship him in spirit and truth. Do you get it? See, you're all, no, I won't say it. Most of you are still over here struggling under the old covenant, trying to do everything right, trying to please God. Trying to be a good Christian. Do you see what I'm saying? And so your identity, your identity is still under the old covenant, except now you're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good based on what God says you should do and should be. But Jesus says that doesn't work. I had to die because that doesn't work. It was, we already knew it wasn't going to work. Before the foundations of the world, we knew you couldn't do it. We knew you couldn't heal yourself. 
We knew it. We knew you couldn't get free from that kind of trauma. We knew it. We knew you wouldn't even love yourself. We knew it. So we had a plan. We had this plan. We were going to make you in our image and our likeness so that we could one day make a way to live inside of you and bring you to life. And we'll never leave you nor forsake you. We'll always be with you. We'll always be talking to you. You'll always be hanging out with us. We have forever adventures to go on. If he wrote all of this, to, to us seems like a long time. To him it doesn't seem like long at all. Who knows all the stuff that happened before this. Something happened because the world was kind of messed up when the Holy Spirit hovered over it and brought it back. It was like, okay, leave that alone for a while. Let's go do something else. Who knows what they did? They went and did something else. Then they came and said, okay, let's go back and do this. Let's, let's do this. This will be good. Let's do this. We'll really mess them up. They'll find some of those dinosaur bones from back then. And then they'll say, there are millions of years. And all these scientific minds will get so messed up about how real we are. <clears throat> and then the church are all going to fight about it. Pretend there aren't dinosaur bones. <laughs> He's like, they'll never figure this out. They'll never figure it out. But they'll get my mind. You have the mind of Christ. You have the wisdom of God. You have to start believing it. You have to start saying it. You have to start reading the word and telling your natural mind, renewing your mind and saying, okay, God, let this get into my spirit. There is no brain tumor that can stop you from having the mind of Christ. There is nothing that anybody can develop that's going to touch the mind of Christ in me. Nothing. 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 There's no one who can trick me out of my salvation. No one. God's a jealous God. You think the devil's going to come up with anything using some puny little human being that's demon-possessed to steal his people out of his hands? You've got to be kidding. The only way you get out of his hand is you jump. It's the only way you get out of his hand. That devil won't even get near his hand. <laughs> They're in the palm of my hand. They're mine. You think you could get them? You can't get them. Come on, come on, buddy. Come on, get close. Saying so scared of the hand of God. He's so scared of the hand of God. You just got to recognize, I'm in daddy's hand. <laughs> you know. Amen. Who am I in Christ? All right, anyway, we got to get going. All right, it's 9914. All right, so I'm not, I'm not, I thought I was going to heal the brokenhearted, go after the strong man. Let me just give you an assignment till next week. Amen? You need to break down who you how you identified before Christ. Okay, you've got to bat, you have to bind the strong man 
which is, which is a false, it was Satan got inside your thinking somehow, got inside you somehow. Because of the fall, you weren't saved. And he decided he is going to make you in his image and his likeness. Now remember, Satan has two images and likenesses. He's got the image of being a liar. He's got the image of being, you know, disgusting and evil. But he also has the image of be thinking he was superior to God. He also had the image of thinking that he could get his throne higher than God's, okay? So, so there's two different ways Satan can try to make you in his image. Or he could do a combination, all right? So, so all you have to do is bind up that demon of what he decided he was going to make you to become. Remember, when you bind something, you forbid it from having access to your mind and you choose to never give it power again. So you've heard my story. But mine, the enemy wanted me to be mean, okay? And he had authority figures in my life who they would flip out with some real demonic, they would cuss, they would say, nobody would ever believe it if they knew these people. And, be, and every time after they had an episode that they was generational curse because they had their father do it to them and it was generational curse. But every time they would do it, the devil in them would say, well, that happened because you're just like me. In other words, instead of saying, I'm really sorry, I really have a heart issue, I should not have treated you like that, you know, you're just a sweet little kid, forgive me. No, they would come every time and they would say, you know, we just do that because we're, we're just alike. You're just like me. It was never about the good things. It was always after a screaming, cussing, hitting me episode that I was told I was just like them. Now that was the devil putting a strong man in me that you, that I was going to be mean and evil and, you know, and just hateful. Now this person, the real side of this person made in the image of God was fun, kind. Everybody thought they were the greatest person of all. So that caused, it tried to make that lie seem, yeah, it really must be me. Now there's two ways, okay, there's two ways when you get that kind of strong man in you, right? There's two ways the enemy can go with it. And a lot of it has to do with how you flow with it. For me, I would have a straight out, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be anything like you. Made me their judge. Made me superior. Made me the one to go tell everybody what they did and expose them and embarrass them and humiliate them. And have, and have a demonic power over them. So it made a very dysfunctional relationship. Now, somebody else who had the same um, thing happening, they took it like, well, I'm going to appease this and, and I'm going to be the favorite to this. And I agree, I'm just like you. And then, and then I become the favorite. And then, you know, you tell me all the secrets about everybody else. You see what I'm saying? And then they think that they are uh, somehow friends with it, they make friends with it, and they become like it. And actually, in certain areas of the personality, in certain things where they're not free, you really hear the same voice come out, you see some of the same kind of things happen. So 
You see what I'm saying? So Satan doesn't care how he makes you into what he wants to make you. He just wants to make you what he wants to make you. Okay, so, so if you, the only way to get, the only way biblically, spiritual law-wise, is Jesus himself says, you cannot plunder that strong man's house until you bind him, okay? And here's what we've been doing all these years. And part of it is I didn't have this revelation. Because what we do? Oh, Lord, we bind the strong man. You can't bind something you can't even identify. So all these years, God was showing us these things and setting us free so we could identify the strong man. Because if I can bind the strong man, get rid of all these other things the devil did to make that thing seem real, amen, then I can kick the strong man out and I'm free. Then when the enemy comes back with seven evil spirits and he doesn't see the strong man in that house anymore because that house no longer belongs to the enemy. In other words, my temple no longer belongs to the That thing has been destroyed. There is a new foundation in Christ. Amen. I'm a new creation in Christ. That old thing is gone. What happened to my house? The devil's like, what happened? What happened? Wait a minute. I was making them feel superior. I was making them have a mean edge on them. I was making them think they could expose people and hurt them and humiliate them. I was, but, you know, because we saw where they were supposed to help people open the eyes that are blind and help people see things nobody would help see and help people go to places nobody wanted to go. And they were called to set the captives free. They were called to see what other people couldn't see and handle people not liking them and handle people writing mean things about them on Facebook and liking, they would be okay with it because they would know that if they could get that person to the other side, that person would be free. And they wouldn't care about their reputation. They wouldn't care. The devil goes, but we got to get in there and ruin that. But he lost. Because even when some of that edge was there, I didn't identify with it. Well, you're so mean. You're a bully. You're this. It's like, shut up, devil. You're not telling me who I am. People, did you hear her? She called me devil. No, I wasn't talking to you. I'm just like when Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. I don't care if I got an edge in me. God is my convictor, not you. Not somebody who God has me trying to help the best that I can, and then they want to say something nasty because they're try the devil's trying to get me to back off. I'll do anything but back off. I'm going forward. Amen. And I'm glad he's given me this call. Call me what you want. Amen. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I am going to do what he wants me to do. Because I will be led by him to set the captives free. And if they can handle it, they'll get free. If they can handle him. Amen. But goodness gracious, Satan's going to make everybody want to run away from that. Amen. She's so mean. She's so mean. Well, get over whatever God hasn't dealt with yet. And get free and however he wants to use me. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. When that strong man, recently when I saw that revelation, oh, I never bound it by name. I haven't given into it. I didn't buy it. I didn't let Satan identify. I didn't identify with what Satan wanted. I did all that. So there was a lot of anointing, a lot of power. But all of a sudden when I read that to you guys a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, you know what? I don't think I ever actually bound it and then cast it out. So I, do you know how easy it is to get them out when there's nothing left around them? They're like, ooh, 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 she's not buying it. Oops, here we go. Amen. To the pit with the punishment of Satan. 
And then when the, some of y'all are going through so much right now because seven spirits are coming back to try to get in. And you better keep walking with God, not in fear, like the, uh uh-uh, I'm not who that devil used to own. I'm not them. I'm not, they can't get back in. But let me tell you, if you still have condemnation, you haven't gotten free. If you still have shame, you haven't gotten free. Don't kid yourself. Get serious about getting free. Find out who is that strong man. Talk to the people in the ministry. Say, how? And then bind it. Bind it. In other words, I forbid you, devil, from identifying. I will not identify with you anymore. I will not give you power anymore. I will not listen to you talking through anybody anymore. I take away all your authority. I bind you. Amen? And then, then when somebody says, well, you're this. And they're not meaning to. It's something, you know, devil's got junk in all of us, amen, or had. All right? And then it's like, oh, it's not getting. And then they're like, wham, we're getting you out. And then you're like, oh, get me free. And then they get free. Then the devil's like, dang. But let me tell you, when you cast that thing out, when you finally get it and you plunder that house, all I can tell you, you feel like a, you feel so free. It's like you can't even be mean if you try. It's not in you anymore. It's like so easy to witness to people, so easy to talk to people, so easy to love people. It's amazing. It's the best freedom I've ever had. So I want you to give free so you can experience how easy this is in Christ. How freeing it is. And don't think it's too hard. Just find out what Satan tried to make you become. Ask Holy Spirit to flow in the gifts in your spirit mind to show you and bind it, which means when something tries to trigger it, you stop yourself like, oh, I'm not going to be triggered by this. That doesn't work. This isn't going to work. I don't have to tell that person off or whatever. I don't have to go hide. I don't have to try not to show up. I don't have to be afraid. I'm going to be embarrassed. Amen. It's like you do the opposite of what it's trying to make you do. When you do what it wants you to do, you're making it strong. You're not binding it. See, if I back down because people called me names, especially when I know I'm doing what God wants, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, you're this or you're that. If I back down then, I'm making that thing stronger in me. Why? I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with what that person just said about me. I'm agreeing with what the enemy says about me. See, let me get, get this. Only the Holy Spirit is to convict you of sin. No one else. No one else is your judge. I'm not your judge. I'm not going to convict you of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can convict you of sin. Now, he can have me preach things to try to bust through to convict you. But he's the only one who can... Mm, if a human being convicts you of sin... You are driven by guilt. That's in condemnation. Is this helping anybody? Is it helping anybody? So, so you don't have to wait till I call you. You just have to go and you have to start walking this out. You have to say, this is what the enemy tried to make me to be. Amen. And I'm not buying it anymore. So God, help me. 
Holy Spirit, help me. Help me separate myself from this counterfeit. Help me to see that's not who I am. It doesn't mean, hmm. okay, let me just say this all I go. It doesn't mean that what God's really put in your gifting and your personality is going to disappear. Okay, my personality is still very strong to go after the enemy. I have, I have the anointing like David to get rid of Goliath. Amen? You filthy Philistine, how dare you come in here and try to mess with people that God brought to this place. Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? That did, so, mm, so when I got rid of the lie that I mean, even though there were things in my life that didn't belong there that could make me seem like that, amen? That never was who I was. Do you get what I'm saying? But it didn't make me become what Satan wanted me to be, which would be a very passive, quiet, just stay away. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be good. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that. Now, there's nothing wrong if God's made you that kind of personality because you could be the person who really hears and intercedes and prays, and, and we need everybody in the body. Amen? See, that's where we judge. Oh, you're the mean. I'm nice. Nobody's good. The Bible says not one. And you're going to want the strong people to be strong. That's why half the church missed it with, with, uh, with the true president. He's not that sanctified, but he has the personality God gave him for the purposes of God. And boy, do we need it. Amen. Amen. But then everybody who's been hurt by somebody being mean, or everybody who's the judge, even half the church, all the, all the valleys in the church are out hiding. Well, we just want somebody who, yeah, how about this? But you see what I'm saying? But we don't judge them because honestly, they've been set up to be part of this hour to divide the church. And y'all know good and well, a lot of y'all would be going along with it if God hadn't set you free. Amen. Amen. And then those who wouldn't, you wouldn't even if you were a redneck, heathen, out there, racist as all could be, you be all yay Trump too. Yeah, I'm just saying, all right? I'm just saying, okay? It ain't, yeah, no, well, I wouldn't be. Yeah, but it wouldn't be for the right reasons. <laughs> Y'all know I'm right. <laughs> Amen? It's, what is God saying? What does God want? What is God changing in me? Amen? He might shock us all and bring in one leader in who's going to be the exact opposite of what we thought we'd ever vote for. And God will be saying, no, I called him for this time. And then some people on the other side of the party lines are going to be like humbled. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.